You're listening to Sphera Now, a podcast for environmental health, safety, and quality professionals around the globe. This is brought to you by Sphera, the largest global provider of integrated risk management software and information services with a focus on environmental health and safety, operational risk, and product stewardship. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Sphere Now podcast. I'm James Tarani, Sparks Editor-in-Chief. Today I'll be joined by Ashley Fido, a professional stuntwoman who has appeared in films and TV shows including Alien Covenant, The Meg, and the upcoming live-action Disney film Mulan. We'll be discussing ways stunt coordinators and stunt people work to mitigate risk to ensure the safety of the participants. My producer, Michael Leshko, might be joining us a little later, and he might jump in with a question or two. And thank you so much for joining me today, Ashley. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, no worries. Thank you for having me. Um, so uh, tell, tell us about yourself. Uh, you're from New Zealand, right? Um, yep. Yeah, I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. I was born and raised here. Um, I've been doing stunts for the past 10 years professionally, um, and I, I crossed over um, from martial arts. So um, a friend, actually, that was in the industry at the time, um, he said that there was auditions going, uh, looking for new female stunt performers. So that was my first foot in the door, actually. I went along to those auditions not knowing what to expect. You had to do a range of basic hand-to-hand combat, basic gymnastic skills, basic weaponry skills. And then the rest is history. I got my first onset job. And then from there, I just kept on getting new opportunities. So here I am. That's great. So how long did it take you to get your first job from the first time you started learning about being a stunt person, stunt woman? Um, to be honest, I I didn't know what I was getting into to begin with. Um <laughs> You know, the stunt world to me was very new and it's something that's not really talked about actually um, unless you, you you try to find out more about it and delve into it. So the audition process for me was pretty cool. I was like, wow, people do this for a job. The only time I did hear about uh, stunt people was um, Zoe Bell. She's from New Zealand and um, she was a stunt woman for Xena back in the 90s. So oh, wow. that was my first impression. Yeah, that was my first impression of what stunts was and what it took to be a stunt woman. So it was quite overwhelming um, at first. And, you know, I didn't think too much of it till I got a call the next week saying that, um, you know, I've got a rehearsal. So then I thought, oh, a rehearsal, that means I've pretty much got the job. Um, and, yeah, and it, I kind of just went on from there and I just enjoy myself, really. And it's the kind of job that relies heavily on reputation so apart from having a good skill base um, you have to be a a really good person to work with work well in a team have open communication skills and yeah just just be fun to be around I guess and uh, what kind of martial arts do you do how long have you been doing those martial arts and how do you work with your partner um, in a stunt situation to ensure that uh, both people are safe during the uh, what looks real on film but not is not real in uh, real life um well my first martial art was karate um i started that when i was eight i didn't spend too long in it but what drew uh, my interest was taekwondo um, I, I joined Taekwondo and then I did that well into my teens. I competed and I fought and I got my black belt when I was 17. Um, and then 
I think it was when I was in my early 20s, I got my first opportunity. So crossing over martial arts into film is quite important because you, you have to make sure that um, you have a plan, you have fight choreography that you create um, with your stunt team or with the person that you're performing it with, with the other stunt double. Um, so it's just, you know, hours and hours of rehearsal and practice till you perfect it and get it down to a T and then obviously making sure that you're both safe um, are performing it. Because a lot of the time you have to show the choreography to the actor. The actor might not be that well experienced in martial arts or they might be awesome and they might pick this stuff up pretty quickly. So it's a mixed bag a lot of the time and you have to um, just be good at gauging what a person is really good at and you know, there's open communication with the actor and with the stunt team, like, hey, I'm not comfortable with doing this. Can we make this a little bit easier? Or, hey, I'd, I'd like to add this in and that in. So um, it's about being lenient, but about knowing, um, you know, what the boundaries are and obviously delivering what, what the script uh, entails or what the director wants. So you're having to please a lot of people at the same time, but then coming up with an awesome product. How much collaboration yep. is there with the actor when... Um, do they do they check out how you perform the stunts and they say, oh, I can do that, and then they go in, or they say, there's no way I would do that. I need the stunt double now. How 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 does that work? Um, yeah, you you get a bit of both. Um, like I said, it's depending on the actor. If they're very confident and they do have some sort of physical background, um, those actors tend to be quite easy to work with, you know, because they they have that base already. So. If you're teaching them um, a fight, they might be able to pick up those skills pretty easily, and they're a dream to work with. Um, otherwise, you, you might get actors who are comfortable with doing particular things. Um, it's a matter of the stunt double jumping in and doing it all, or changing it uh, so the actor can do it themselves. Ideally, you know, a lot of the times you want to make sure that you have awesome choreography you have an awesome product so you don't want to be changing too much so it's just a matter of um being like a, a good mentor as well with the actor and then just like coaching them as much as you can to get the particular piece of choreography just going from there so there is a there is a lot of information but the action and designing stunts the stunt team are the ones who are in charge of making the decisions between them and between, say, what the director wants as a whole. So, um, you know, sometimes actors are quite lenient and they'll let things, you know, happen as they are if they can't change something. But, yeah, I, I've had my fair share of um, actors that I've worked with who, you know, aren't too confident at picking up particular sets of movements. But, um, you know, like it hasn't hindered it anything. Like we've always made it work. We've always... Um, come up with other new exciting ideas um, and then jilted it in with them. So, yeah, it's definitely teamwork. It's, it's just definitely putting your brains together and saying, cool, how can we do this? How can we change this? Um, yeah, how can we make it safe? How, okay, so day is, and in is there a lot of improvisation or is it all choreographed or is it a little bit of both when you're doing like a there fight scene? There is definitely a little bit of both. Yeah, there's, um, there's a little bit of both. Like, say it's a huge fight scene, obviously... Um, you know, it needs to be designed from scratch. So um, you have your, your key players, your key stunt performers um, that might be background characters that are fighting the lead. So then you, you'll need, for example, the stunt double who is doubling the lead, plus you need all your key stunt guys um, that are in the fight. Um, and then from there, you, 
that you're making beats based on what the scene entails and then you know once you've got good outline you just keep drilling you just keep drilling movement you know take up take up the tag you shoot a previs which is a pre-visualization of what the fight is going to look like in the final edit and that's mm. something that you would um, present to the director and go hey this is what we've come up with um, do you like the look of this so he can actually see what it looks like you know Cause sometimes if you're describing a fight a fight scene to someone who isn't very you know, it, it's it's just not their, it's not their forte. Um, it, it's a lot to just show a pre-visualization of, of what a fight actually does um, look like. So, um, yeah, what else is in the question again? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. So I know last time we were talking about Mulan, and I know you're really excited about it. Um, in the states, I think it comes out uh, July 24th. Have you seen the movie yet, or do you wait? Do you see it? Uh, do you get to see it after it comes into the theaters? Um, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, I think we'll have um, like a pre-screening for the cast and crew or a premiere, so we'll get to see it before it does actually get uh, released into the public. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. It's um, one of my best jobs that I've got to work on to date, especially genre-wise. It's something that I've always wanted to do, coming from a martial arts background. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked about it and I'm looking forward to it, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see it, and I know last time, and I'm sure I'm going to get her name wrong, uh, you told me the actress, is it Lu Yi Fei? Did I, did I say that right? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yi Fei Lu. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, too. <laughs> okay. Yi Fei Lu. Um, We're in the ballpark, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm part Chinese, and I, I should know how to pronounce her name, but Sorry, Yifei Lu, if you are listening to this, please do correct me. I'll talk to you again. Um, yeah, she was awesome. She was an awesome actress to work with because um, she had a physical background. I think she did a bit of dancing. I'm not sure exactly, but you could definitely see it come through in her performance. And, um, yeah, she had to learn all of her fights. She had to have them down. And um, she had... Two stunt doubles, which was myself um, and another stunt double from China that came in to cover um, Wushu specifically. And I did um, a lot of her wire work stunts in the film that you'll see. So, um, so there's more than one Mulan. <laughs> that makes the one whole Mulan. The triple yeah. Mulan. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, plus she had a you know a horse riding. Um, Stunt double as well. Yeah, it's cool when you think about it. The collaboration of different people that make one character. It's awesome. You know, the character in the cartoon never had a stunt double. She did all her own stunts. <laughs> Man, how did she do that? <laughs> I think it's yeah. Disney magic. <laughs> uh, so tell me about some Amazing. of the stunts. <laughs> I know you had. You told me last time that there was this really interesting water stunt that you had to do over and over again. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that was. Um... One of my favorite stunts to do on there. Um, won't give too much away, um, but it involved me doing a breath hold underwater. Um, so I had the full the full costume on, you know. I had the heavy cape, uh, the armor, the leather boots, and even I even had a sword in my hand while while I was doing the sequence. So um, how heavy all was of those all that? Factors made it um, quite heavy. Like really, really heavy, especially when you're getting in and out of the water and you're wet the whole day. You're carrying, what, an extra 15 kilos 
at least around with you most of the time. And, you know, the challenge, I think, was trying to get out of all of that to go to the bathroom and then put <laughs> it all back on when it was soaking wet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, did you have to fun. put on a dry costume each time that you did the stunt? No, no. I mean, you know, they do have um, du- duplicate, duplicate, sorry, duplicates um, of... Uh, the costumes, but I had to put on um, the same costume soaking wet. And then, you know, you got to consider continuity and all of that. All of that. There's so many factors that a lot of people forget about stunts that a lot of the time you to do the really uncomfortable stuff, you know, the icky, the icky, yucky stuff that you're like, ooh, you know, who wants to do that? Oh, that's what stunt doubles are there for. <laughs> so the actors don't need to sit in that discomfort. So they get the stunt double to do all of the uncomfortable, um, icky things. So, yeah, that that was a challenge. But the stunt itself was, um, it was pretty cool to do, you know, the, the build-up to it because there was a, a dive team uh, that they had there to specialise in the water stunts. So I spent a bit of time training with them and doing scuba dive training and then uh, free diving training to build up to... Um, to build up to doing this thing. So the whole process, I enjoyed so much. That's what I love about uh, stunts is, you know, the rehearsal time and um, the people, again, that you get to collaborate with and learn new skills from too. So that that was the first time that I did um, free diving, a free diving stunt, actually, you know, because water isn't my forte. But along the years, um, you know, I've got qualified in scuba diving, um, I've done a little bit more um, work in the water, so you do end up picking up new skills along the way. And I, I you have to, you know, because sure. sometimes you are doing a range of different things on different jobs, so, so you have to be okay with um, going out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Sure. So on a stunt like that, how many scuba divers are around you, and how often are they asking you, are you tired, do you need a break? Because uh, it's got to be exhausting to go up and down, up and down with all that, uh, the costume and the props you're holding on to? Yeah, 100%. Well, at the time, um, there was about five five guys, five divers down in the water. When I hit um, the deepest point, they were there ready with regulators, uh, with air supply, just in case I did, you know, all of a sudden panic or I got water in my mouth. and They, they were there. So I had to make sure that I knew um, the signals for asking for air supply or asking for help or saying that, you know, I've had enough, I want to go, I want to resurface right now. So that was all inclusive in the training. Um, and then also shout out to um, Australian stunt guy, Andy Owen. He was um, our stunt safety guy and he looked after me the time when I was in the water. He was from our department just making sure, he, he was there as my mentor kind of like a coach as well, you know, come up to the surface, he'll be like, it's okay, Ash, just breathe, just calm down, just, you know, let the crew know if you need more time, there's no rush, because, you know, you've got the director going, come on, let's go again, let's go again, let's reset, let's reset, and, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll just be floating there going, I can't, I need a little bit longer, and he, could, he looked in my face and could tell that, you know, at times it was a bit stressed and, you know, um, sure. kind of fading a bit, but... He was there keeping me strong, so I actually couldn't have done it without him. Like he, he was awesome. As, as much as like you know, I, I mean, I probably could have done it on my own, but he made my experience more enjoyable. If that makes more sense, he made me look forward to wanting to do take after take after take. And it took about um, a week all up 
each day to get this uh, shot because there were so many different angles that we had to shoot this from and so much repetition. Um, that after a while, I became confident and I and I was actually having fun in the water. That's when I realized, oh, this is, this is easy. So, yeah, thanks to Andy Allen. Easy? Yeah. Awesome. I, <laughs> you told me last time at one point you thought you were concussed. It couldn't have been that easy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> so, um, how yeah, did that so happen? One, one of the takes, yeah, one of the takes, they needed to see uh, me pretty much enter the water. So I had to jump off a scaffolding uh, that was made and it was a plank and it was a narrow plank um, so I was pretty much squished on this little plank saw my heavy costume on and wet at the same time having to throw myself backwards um, on top of this wax that was made by art department that is supposed to look like ice so that, that was pretty broken it was pretty broken so I could fall through it smoothly mm-hmm. and I think it may have been the first few takes because um, I hadn't gone through it yet. So I think the first or second time, I hit my head quite hard on the wax and I felt I felt a bit concussed as I was falling deeper down through the water. Once I hit my head and I kept on getting dragged down. Oh, sorry, that's Alexa talking in the background. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Alexa. So welcome, realized... to the, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I've always wanted to have you Alexa, as a guest. Part of this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, w- I was getting um, pulled down and I just realized that it hurt so much and my head was pounding in the water. But the only thing I could do was come, knowing that I had the safety team down the bottom of the water. But that, that was something that's quite scary and you're the only one that has control over it, really. Um, but yeah, that, that was a close call. So are there concussion protocols on the movie set? Do you have to get evaluated by a doctor? Do you just not tell anybody? What do you do at that point? Oh, yeah. That's a gray area still. I mean, yeah, obviously, like, you as a performer are in charge of your own well-being. So if you are hurt, you have to notify um, the team. You have to notify your own department. Uh, there's a onset like doctor, a safety guy that's there as well just in case you do need anything and I was getting I was getting painkillers from him throughout the week <laughs> um, just but, from the general sort you know if things are serious uh, you do have that yeah just from the general sort but um, you do have that control to say hey um, you know can we just stop this for a while that's definitely um, an option but I've, I've realized in my 10 years doing stunts there's this old stunt culture that I uh, just toughen, toughen up just suck it up I don't know, you get proverbial medals for it, you know. <laughs> She's tough or he's tough. Sure. He just sucked it up and did it with a concussion. Yeah. So, you know, I used to think, oh, yeah, like, I'm tough. Like, just get on with it. If I'm hurt, just do it. But, you know, as you get older doing this profession, because I'm in my 30s now, you, you're thinking of longevity and you're thinking of, I've got to preserve my body because I do, I do want to perform still and I, I do want to do the things that I enjoy to do. So... You have to take calculated risk, and you have sure. to choose the job that you want to do, but do it wisely. You know, especially new stunt performers coming in, they want to do everything. They want to say that everything, but there are specialists for a reason, you know, and you go to those professionals for specific um, stunts, you know, like hmm. for driving, for example. I'm not, I'm not a racer. I'm not a precision driver. I'm just being honest. 
you know, what do you do? You you ask the next guy who um the Formula One driver or something. You, know, you you ask those people who have been doing this craft for years. It's the same thing with me with fights. I'm pretty confident with that. Even with making up choreography, it's something I enjoy so much. Um, and I love to do it. You know, that's the job that I want to do. So, it's just choosing your battles wisely. Sure. But every now and then, you'll get asked to do a job that you might not be comfortable with. But it's up to you to gauge. Hey, I can still. I do have the um the skills. And the mentality to still stay this or to still own has, it for um, a certain amount of time to pull it off, you know. Has yeah. there been a stunt that you've said, no, I can't do that? <laughs> yeah, there have been. There have been in the past. I can't remember exactly what, but yes, there have been. You know, you get that gut feeling when you're like, there's only so much preparation you can do. But then sometimes the risk outweighs that potentially. Like you could, you could get hurt, you know. Sure, um, and I think, I'm, know, I'm guessing that, say, like, a water stunt would be kind of extra dangerous because you can't control, like, how the waves are moving. You just kind of, if you're doing your thing and you get hit by a wave that you weren't expecting, I'm sure it adds a dimension of risk that you're not necessarily prepared yeah. for. Yeah, especially in the ocean, yeah, because um, the stunt that I did for Mulan in the water was actually in a tank, so that is a controlled variable, but, you know, you're out in the ocean battling the elements, that's something that you can't have control over at all. So it's best to get in a person that has been doing this thing for years and years, you know, or someone that's been a lifeguard, for example, or a surfer who's always used to being in the ocean all the time, you know. Um, and that's the coordinator's job. That's the stunt coordinator's job to make sure that he or she selects the, the, the best person for the job. And... You as a performer, if you say yes to that job straight away, even if you're competent in it or not, you have to pull it off because you're the one that said yes to it in the first place. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just up to you as a performer. You're you're going to put yourself out there. You have to deliver. Yeah. I think you said last time when you were filming the Meg, you actually saw somebody get knocked out during a scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the performers um, that was on a wire. I mean, there was there was. A few, few of us were on wires. Um, we were on these platforms and we pretty much were getting thrown up in the air and into the water. And it was just one of those accidents that happened. Because if, you, if you're doing something multiple times, um, sometimes you're going to get varying outcomes. And we try not to do that. Like, you know, in stunt, you're trying to plan something so you get similar or the same outcome each time. And I'm not sure exactly how... She did it. I think it's just the way she did land mm-hmm. and went head first. Um, but it was just the impact that got her. So, yeah, another person as well, um, I think, hit their shoulder. Something. It, was got, it was got to do with the timing of when the platform um, that was getting controlled by special effects was kind of getting flipped. And at the same time, um, the stunt riggers were pulling, and it was just mistiming. Missed um, and then that performer got hurt as well by getting hit in the shoulder or something. I can't remember the details exactly. Sure. But, but I think that speaks to yeah, how much it. has to an, go an into preparation. Of making sure, yeah, yeah, preparation, but then also communications between different departments because sometimes that's a miss. Um, we forget that we are working with like multiple people who don't know too much about what we're doing as well. So it's making sure that you're, you're telling them, hey, this is our plan from our side. Do you have this? 
is that going to work with you? Cool, we'll work in with you. It, it's just all, all about that cross-communication. It sometimes, you know, gets all up in the air because you've got, you know, director and ADs yelling in your ear on, on, the, on the radio. You know, there's just so much going on on set all the time. Yeah. It's up to um, people in your team to make sure that that communication is getting delivered across to those other departments that aren't even thinking of the safety. They're just thinking, oh, those are stunt people. They know what they're doing. They're, they're cool. You know, we're the only ones that are aware of um, what we're doing and how close this person is to me. Like, I got kicked in the head um, during that particular stunt as well by the performer next to me. But, uh, yeah, again, it was just how his body was getting thrown up in the air. We were so close to each other too. So, yeah, it's like how do I prevent that from happening? And sometimes you need to take it upon yourself and go, oh, well, maybe I'll step to the left a little bit more to make sure that next time I'm not in his line, you know. It's... It's mm-hmm. common sense, really. And some people do lack that, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. that and every other field, there are always people <laughs> lacking common sense. <laughs> um, so, obviously, one of the most dangerous stunts is involved with uh, when there's explosions involved. Have you had any experience with that? And what kind of preparation and safety goes into that kind of situation? Um, not with explosions. I haven't really had too much experience, but I have been on set when explosions have happened. But um, special effects tends to deal with that a lot. Um, but about you know doing fire stunts, um, yep. Um, I've You've only done, done a that fire in, stunt. Yeah, but only in training though. That was just to you know like learn about um, how to actually get set on fire. You know what you need to wear, um, the gel that needs to be applied. Uh, but other than that, I haven't. I haven't done it on a job. I haven't done it in a film before. So, yeah. So what went into that training, though? I'm sure there was uh, people there with uh, fire hoses and the whole um, uh, just uh, fire extinguishers and everything to just make sure that everything was safe. 100%. Yeah, you've got multiple people around you. Obviously, people that are trained in, in doing this as well. Like stunt coordinators, stunt coordinators, um, you know, they have... Um, they have all like the different products and different fire gels and you know what's put on different layers and then the actual like clothing that you need to have on the full body suits the extinguishers they have other people that they've trained up to make sure that they're on standby in case anything does happen but um yes that was a little while ago now Really have you ever worn those? <laughs> yeah. was, was the fire suit part of it where you actually catch on fire, or is that something you've never tried? Um, well, there are full full jumpsuits that you wear, um, and then particular fire gel that actually does ignite when you light it on fire, and then you'll just go up in flames depending on where the gel is applied to. So what is the film industry like right now with uh, COVID-19? Is everything on hiatus? And what's going on in New Zealand? I know last time we talked, New Zealand was doing pretty well in terms of a few uh, low, a low amount of cases. Um, is it still like that? Or is, are you guys still doing pretty well? Yeah, um, we, are, we are doing pretty well. Uh, the Prime, Prime Minister lifted our lockdown here. So we were on alert four. Um, So now we have gotten our lockdown lifted to alert three, which means that some non-essential businesses are open now, like restaurants, you can go and get takeaway. Um, I think a lot of tradies, you know, like landscapers and builders and plumbers are back working. So we're on alert three for another two weeks. And once it hits alert two, I think we can resume work. But um, 
like I'm, I'm already getting auditions sent from my agent about some other jobs that are lined up after um, we go back to normal sort of. So I think productions might be up and running around July. I see. And when did you when did you shoot the Mulan scenes? Was that like last summer? How long ago was that? 2018. 2018. Oh wow! Yeah. Two years ago. A little while ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taken a long time to edit and refine, but hope, hopefully it'll be worth it. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. Uh, are you working on anything right now? Or were you working on anything before uh, COVID-19? I was. Ooh, yeah, I can't say what it is. I was working on a big a big TV show, big budget TV show. Um, had a good role on it, but we got the notice, I think, one week before we actually went into lockdown here in New Zealand that it was going to be postponed till later on in the year. So that was unfortunate. Um, and, you know, in, in film, it's hard, like, if you don't have a job and you have to be, you have to be looking somewhere else, you have to be chasing chasing up other productions or, you know, going for auditions because I, I have an acting agent as well, so I'm dipping do my you, toes in acting. Do you do most of your so, work in New Zealand yeah. or do you go to other countries as well? Um, so far, most of my work has been New Zealand and Australian-based, but we have had international productions that have come here. Um, you know, I plan to travel to America at some point, you know, when the stars align, money comes in and everything is goes back to normal. Just for a change of environment, um, just to network, just to see, you know, what opportunities may arise over there. Because I think I've built up, um, you know, my resume quite a bit over the past 10 years, um, working on different productions here that I think I, I justify trying to get some kind of work over there. And I have friends that are that are in America that are telling me, oh, you know, when are you coming? should be here. <laughs> I noticed that, that my yeah. producer, uh, Michael Leshko, joined the call. Did you have any questions, Mike, that you wanted to ask? Hello. It's very nice to, to hear from you and speak with you today. Hello. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, what's a movie out there that you've seen? I don't know if you already answered this, but what's a movie out there that you've seen that just, in your opinion, has amazing stunt work and is like really inspiring to show to another stunt coordinator? Like this is this is how it's done. Look at look at this. Good question, Mike. Yeah, good question. Um, you know what? I love all of the Indonesian martial art films and a lot of the Asian martial art films that seem to go under the radar with um, American films, like the Raid films uh, with yeah. Tony Jaa. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, they're awesome, you know? And um, yeah. obviously John Wick, the John Wick films need a mention, but, um, you know, a lot of their ideas as well were inspired by those Southeast Asian films that don't get enough credit to. Um, uh-huh. What else? Like movies like The, Vill- the Villainess, not many people would have heard of that, but it's a Korean film. Like Koreans are making awesome action films. Hmm. Yeah, they they've got brilliant um, stunts in it that tend to um, don't get any credit as well. I really love foreign action films. They seem to take it to the next level. Some of it's quite hard to stomach too. You're like, oh, how do they pull that off? But um, yeah, they they really smash themselves, you know, especially in Asian countries. Um, they they love the craft so much that they're quite happy to walk away injured sometimes but you can actually see that sometimes in the frame you're like oh he really got hurt but he was committed but yeah there's a fine line between making sure that you don't go home paralyzed and still pulling off what what you love to do too so yeah 
I'm curious though, on the opposite end, do you see a movie? Do you ever see movies and say, "Oh my goodness, the stunts are just awful. I can't believe it. <laughs> this is just terrible work." Do you ever critique the stunt people? Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Especially, it's more so if the stunt matches what the storyline is at that point. Like something might look totally unrealistic, and you're like, "What? That? How did that even happen?" You know. But if it goes well within that context, then I think it has a bit more of an impact. So it doesn't need to be like the most flashiest stunt. It, you know, it just kind of like it's it's how it's shot. It's how it's edited, um, you know, if they've speed ramped it or not. I don't like it if they speed ramp things too much. Cause, yeah, you can tell. You can definitely tell. But if you're watching an old school Hong Kong flicks from back in the day and some things are speed ramped, you kind of give it, you know, an excuse because that was just the time for it, you know, that was kind of the, the genre. But, um, yeah, you definitely start picking things apart. You see details that other people, other normal people that don't do stunts sure. uh, don't see and you you tend to discuss it with other stunt people and go, hey, did you realize that they fell like this? Or did you realize that there was no continuity and he landed on his left side and on his right side, but when he was up in the air, turned that way. <laughs> so, yeah, you definitely do break things down. Um, do you critique your own performance like that? Do you, watch, do you watch the show and say, oh, I could have done this better or that looked really good, but I could have tried this instead? Are you very critical of yourself? 100%. Yes, I am. I am. Like, yeah, like the best way to be is modest, you know, because if you think that you're, you're hot shit or if you're awesome, you've stopped learning. So um, I think I'm the biggest critic about my, myself. And I'm not the, the most perfect stunt performer, um, but I do love taking big wrecks and big falls and seeing gnarly stunts where you, where you know that that person just fully committed and they smash onto the concrete. You're just like, wow, that's, that's some commitment. I think those are some of my stunts when you just see, like, someone just smashing into like through, through a window smashing into the ground coming out of a, a flip in the air you're like wow that, that person did that for real and i think a lot of people forget that that is for real it's not just all cgi there's <laughs> a real human that put on a mocap suit or is that is in costume in a wire that's just hit that ground hard with high heels on well, so, learning I think how, that's why stunts deserve more credit. Yeah. Well, learning how to fall is a big, big thing. I don't know if you're familiar with Buster Keaton, who was a old-time comedian back in the 20s and 30s. He actually started... Yes, yes. Yeah, actually, okay. yes. I, I was watching some of his YouTube videos um, a few months ago that you bring him up. And did he start stunts first? I mean, he was one of the... He was never a stunt person, TV, but he, right? did, he did all his own stunts. And he started when he was about yeah. four years old. His dad used to throw him around the stage back in the 1910s. So he learned how to fall that way. And then he did yeah. all these crazy stunts that I don't think that the studios with the insurance companies will let you do nowadays. It's really, it's really if, if anybody wants yeah. to check out their, his video, there's like a stunt video of all the stuff he's done on YouTube. It's really, really cool stuff. It's like he, he was doing what Jackie Chan did before Jackie Chan it came along. Exactly. <laughs> like his well, Jackie was impeccable. I think I've read that Jackie Chan, uh, that Buster Keaton was one of Jackie Chan's influences. So that's kind of where he ah, got the style from. Yeah, and like with the comedy mixed in yep. with the stunts. Mike, do you have Ashley, any other questions? Yeah, no, I had a, I had a quick question. Is there any particular stunt out there that is that looks very simple, but is very like the complexity of pulling it off is difficult oh um 
Like something that, that you think, yeah, something that you think like that, that isn't hard at all, but actually it's really complex when you come down to the safety aspect of it and making sure that everybody, you know, it, it lands right or, or however you want to phrase it. I think, um, you know, doing major um, battle scenes or fight scenes where there's multiple stunts happening at one time, I think that is one of the hardest things to do because you might have a few people that are on ratchets on wires that are flying up in the air that need to be landing or at different times and be landing next to an explosion that might be going off at the same time um, and then you have a guy on fire that's running past. Um, I think um, the scenes with multiple stunt players are, are the hardest, one of the trickiest, one of the trickiest um, things to control just because there's, so there's so many risk factors to involve you know, when you're designing the stunt, you have to make sure that um, you have the best players um, for those positions. Uh, you have good stunt riggers on that are making sure that they're controlling their players that are on the wires at the end of their line, making sure that they hit their marks. Um, yeah, that, that, that's what I can think of in regards mm -hmm. to your question. I don't know specifically yeah. about what stunts they might be doing, but it's anything involving... Um, multiple people is always um, a tricky one because yeah. sometimes you might get one or a few people that are off. Sorry, Alexa's talking again. <laughs> Welcome back to the <laughs> interview, Alexa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I've been in big battle scenes and big fight sequences before and one person's timing might be off completely and that might be like a domino effect. Once that person's timing off, then the, that other person that is relying on that person's timing to hit the mark they'll be affected, which will affect the next person. So, you know, the results might end up devastating. You, you just never know. So it's, it's all about trying to um, eliminate and control those risks while you get onto set and perform in costume. It's making sure that you, you're you um, crossing all of the soft um, preparation or pre-production or in rehearsals. Yeah. Kind of to piggyback off of that response too, like, how much influence do you have when you're brought in on a set as a stunt professional when somebody comes up to you and, and kind of like fills you in as to what they're looking for as a stunt? How, how, like how much influence do you have as that stunt professional to say, this won't work, we should do this instead and in order because of your expertise in the field? Yeah, um, it depends on who the stunt coordinator is. Um, obviously, the stunt coordinator is the the guy who um, heads the stunt department, who hires his stunt performers and who hires his stunt team. So he'll hire that person already knowing that that person is capable or competent. And um, you do have influence. You can speak up and say, hey, I don't think this will work because of ABC. And then, you know, you can discuss and come up with um, a different plan of attack a lot of the time. Now, you know, some people sometimes don't like to question the boss so they mm. might just do it to get the job with or just to not step on any toes there's a lot of that that does happen at the same time but um when it comes to safety i 100 percent believe that you need to raise concerns you know that's just that's just our business like if you don't raise any concerns and have any input you're just a rag doll you, you don't want to just be like mm -hmm. A meat puppet that comes in and gets smashed around, especially if you don't if you don't feel comfortable with something, um, you know, I, I believe that you should bring it up. But I think that's great. Unfortunately, advice. it's not like that a lot of the time. 
Yeah. Ashley, I, yeah. I really, really appreciate your time today. I, it was great talking to you. This is really, really insightful. So thank you very much. And good luck with uh, whatever film you're shooting right now. Cool. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. 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 Pleasure. This concludes this episode of Sphera Now. For more content on topics such as these, we encourage you to visit Sphera.com, S-P-H-E-R-A.com. While there, feel free to click contact and submit feedback on this podcast or suggest topics you'd like to see us cover. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.